The scripture of the day comes from Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God.
You may be seated. The two men who were traveling that day, the day of the first Easter, the two men who were traveling that day, we don't know much about them. We only know one of their names. Maybe the namelessness of that second man makes it easier for us to slip ourselves into the story whenever we hear it or read it. We do not know what takes them to Emmaus or, for that matter, much about Emmaus itself other than it is about seven miles from Jerusalem. As these men, likely pilgrims who had traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover festival, as these men walk, they talk about all that had happened in the city over the last several days. They talk, as we know we often do, when confusing, troubling things have happened. Nothing can help us understand things, to come to terms with things, to figure things out. Nothing can help us quite like a good talk with a trusted friend, especially when that friend has firsthand experience with exactly what we are working through, or, as in this case, if that friend is working through exactly the same thing at exactly the same time. But then a stranger, for those two men do not know yet that it is Jesus, a stranger joins them on the road to Emmaus. They are so absorbed in what they are talking about that they are more than happy to share the details with someone who, quite inexplicably to them, does not know what has happened. They share deeply about what had happened to Jesus, but they also share about who they believed Jesus was and what they thought Jesus was going to do. They share that their own leaders had handed Jesus over to be condemned and that he had been crucified along with their hopes and their dreams. And they share that, most confusing of all, there had been stories going around just that morning that Jesus' body was not in the tomb where it should have been, but that Jesus was alive. It's interesting then, isn't it? It's interesting that if these men had heard that Jesus was alive, it's interesting they chose to take a walk to Emmaus instead of staying in Jerusalem to learn more about these first Easter stories. I think their actions, though, getting on the road that day, I think they underline just how confused these men were about all they had experienced. I think they just needed to get away from it all for a while. Author Frederick Beekner offers his thoughts on the meaning of Emmaus, stating that Emmaus is the place we go in order to escape. It is whatever we do or wherever we go to make ourselves forget the world when we become aware again that even the wisest and bravest and loveliest decay and die. When we see the noblest ideas of love and freedom and justice twisted out of shape again by selfish people for selfish ends. Put this way, I think we can all imagine what or where 
our Emmaus is in our lives. So again, these men have shared with the stranger they are walking with their hearts and their minds, and then the stranger shares back. He helps them to make sense of the events, of their hopes and dreams, of Jesus. He helps them by opening up the scripture to them so that they could understand. Jesus, the living word of God, clears the fog of confusion by turning to the word of God. The men invite Jesus, still a stranger to them, they invite Jesus in as they have now reached their destination and as they sit around the table together, Jesus takes bread, blesses it, and breaks it. The men's eyes are opened and they know who Jesus is just as he disappears from their sight. Now this story provides the centering image for the three days spent on a walk to Emmaus. Just as on the road to Emmaus, two men walked together and shared the deepest concerns of their hearts, the walk to Emmaus is one that takes place with friends. You may arrive at camp to begin the walk with few, if any, people that you know, but trust me, by the end, you have journeyed with friends. Just as on the road to Emmaus, the men found themselves joined by Jesus who responded to their needs through the scriptures. The walk to Emmaus explains scriptures in a way that brings light and understanding to those who participate so that they can apply them to their own needs and to the needs of the world. Just as the road to Emmaus ended with seeing the risen Christ around the table, the walk to Emmaus likewise offers many chances to experience the risen Christ in worship, holy communion, table fellowship, and numerous acts of agape love poured out by the Emmaus community. And just as the road to Emmaus turned right back around into the road to Jerusalem for the men who could not wait to tell their community and share what they had seen, the walk to Emmaus sends its pilgrims back into their churches, excited about what they have learned and experienced, and ready to share the story of the risen Christ in their lives with the world. Since 2018, when I began actively serving in the Emmaus community, I have been blessed to experience several walks to Emmaus as a clergy supporting the needs of the pilgrims and the walk teams. Every time I serve, even though the basic content is the same for every weekend, I learn something new about God's grace. Every time I serve, even though the flow of the weekend is the same, I see the Spirit move in new ways through the unique sets of people brought together for those three days. Every time I serve, even though Jesus is always there, I am reminded anew of how Jesus is truly everywhere. In the confusion of grief and feelings of worthlessness, in the confusion of disease and broken relationships, in the confusion 
of our noisy, everyday lives. The walk to Emmaus is not a weekend getaway with a lot of free time to walk the trails of beautiful Camp Sumatonga and find God in the silence of nature. It is almost the opposite, in fact, other than the finding God part. It is noisy and busy and crowded with other people who love Jesus. There are those who are looking to find him only to discover that he is everywhere. And there are those who not only know that he is everywhere, but are striving to be him everywhere. By the end of the weekend, when the lights are turned out and the rooms are quiet again, the walk to Emmaus hopes that all who have been there are renewed Christian disciples. Disciples who have been challenged to consider how they might live a life in grace. A life where their relationship with God has the highest priority. A life where this relationship with God, who is everywhere, is lived out through personal piety, in the study of God's word, and perhaps most importantly, through Christian action within a church for the world. Our scripture today says, Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. But we know, as they knew, that Jesus is everywhere. He lifts the fog of confusion that often surrounds our lives and gives us energy to run with joy into the world with a word of hope and love. All Emmaus pilgrims are reminded of their part in the work of the church, and I would like to similarly remind all of us here today in the same way, because it applies to all, whether we have been on an Emmaus walk or not. At Emmaus, we are told, Christ is counting on you, to which the response is, and I am counting on Christ. Christ is counting on you, and I am counting on Christ. May we all see that Christ is with us on our journey, actively involved in our lives, working for us and importantly with us as we become his hands and feet, responding to the needs of the world, eliminating fear and confusion and replacing them with eternal possibilities and abundant hope. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the church which you have chosen to live and breathe through in this world. And we are thankful for the many ministries of the church in which we can draw closer to you. Not just the walk to Emmaus, but all of the other ministries within our churches and without. Lord, we ask that you would help us along our journeys. You always have. Help us to see others, to make friends, to have deep conversations, and to always remember that we can turn to you in your word in the midst of whatever is going on in our lives, peace or confusion, chaos or calm. Thank you for your peace and your grace and your love. It is in your son's name we pray today. Amen. Oh,